This episode of EMS One Stop is brought to you by Lexapol, the experts in policy, training, wellness support and grants assistance for first responders and government leaders. To learn more, visit lexapol.com. That's L-E-X-I-P-O-L dot com. Hello and welcome back to uh, another edition of EMS One Stop. I'm your host, Rob Lawrence, and uh, we're now in a new era of uh, podcast delivery because not only can you hear us on uh, the platform of your choice but also you can see us and uh, we are available on YouTube and uh, the difference being is that uh, for the uh, video uh, portion of the show if you're watching we actually have some graphics and some visuals that you can uh, watch and look at as well but to get us into the show uh, today we're going to talk about wellness and uh, how one particular medic uh, went on literally a journey um, to uh, help uh, her, help her, her her mental health. And uh, I think it's one that we all need to listen to because having read her story and having chatted to her before we started recording, I think there's many lessons that uh, we can take uh, from my guest uh, to apply to our job. And, and this is not only for the guys on the truck, but also you in the corner office because there's some lessons to take away here. And so I'd like to introduce my guest for today, Amanda King. Uh, Amanda, welcome. Hi. <laughs> Hi. And uh, you are down at uh, New Hanover EMS in Wilmington, North Carolina. Uh, and uh, we have many friends down there. And so hello to all my friends and our friends in North Carolina in Wilmington. And at Novant Health as well. Let's do a bit of name dropping. And uh, your story, which intrigued me, and, and as listeners know, I'm an avid hiker. I'm never at home on a weekend. I'm always out on a hill somewhere. And I've often said that if I dropped the lottery or somebody gave me six months off, I'd go and do one of the major trails in the United States, the Appalachian Trail or the Pacific Crest Trail, to name but two. And I live on the West Coast, so it's got to be the PCT. But Amanda, you went off and walked the Appalachian Trail, which is no mean feat, and we'll talk about the, how long it is and how long it takes in a second. But going back to the beginning, obviously you're a medic, um, and uh, you had that thing that you know, we're seeing a lot now, of course, medics are getting burnt out and uh, need to just find a way to refresh and to reset. So start us off with your backstory. What's, what's your history in EMS? Um, I got into EMS in 2012. I uh, went to paramedic school, I think, in, I think I finished in 2014. And then um, I started working for a, a local government uh, agency. And then I think, uh, um, it's hard to remember exactly when, but I, th- I want to say it was about at the eight-year mark of being an EMS, I, I knew something was, um, like something, something was wrong. And so instead of dealing with it, then my answer to it, um, as many people, you know, have the same answer, which is incorrect is to add more work and stay busy and not think about it. Right. And, and so, um, I kind of buried it. And then, um, I believe it was, September, October of 21. Um, that was when I knew something like I had to do something different. So, you know, how did you know? And obviously, as a working paramedic, we, we've we all, you know, experienced the stresses and strains of life, the, the highs and, you know, the extreme highs, but also the extreme lows. How did you know when enough was enough? Um, For me, it hit me like a sack of bricks. When I woke up the morning that I resigned, I did not know that I was resigning. Wow. To put it that way. So um it was a it was a simple meeting um that I was in and I was doing a lot of work that was uh not part of my job description. It was just additional work that I was, you know, helping out with. Um and so I woke up that morning, I went to this meeting, um, and then about an hour into it, I just, you know, I looked up at my one of my bosses and I said, I'm done. I am absolutely done. And there was no, um, there was no like talking me out of it. There, it, it I, I don't want to say there's nothing anyone could have said to change my mind, but in that moment, it was just like, uh, like I was telling myself, Amanda, if you don't do something different, something's 
something's not going to go, it's not going to go well. Like you've got to get out. Right. And uh, you don't have to answer this and we can edit it out uh, afterwards, but obviously there was, must've been a succession of issues that brought you to that point oh, for sure. of, of exit. And, and, yeah, you know, sure. if you could categorize those, what would they be? Um, well, I just posted on my Facebook, <clears throat> this, um, this picture from the, I believe it's the national firefighters association, or I forget what their, what their actual organization name is, but, and it's like a progression in columns of symptoms of burnout basically. And so by the time that I realized it, I was already in the red on, on the far, far end of the spectrum. There's nowhere else to go on the spectrum. So I think I recognized it late, which is kind of embarrassing because I'm a paramedic, you know, and we hear about these things ever since paramedics. I, I, I have to say on behalf of the EMS industry, we are the worst patients ever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and, and our ability to self-diagnose is good. Our ability to accept what we realize is bad. And do something about it. It's even worse. Right. Exactly. Right. So um, I was already in the red. And so I'll put it to you this way. I wasn't, I wasn't sleeping. And when I was sleeping, I was having um, nightmares bad enough to wake me up crying. Um, I wasn't eating. Um, I had no motivation to do anything. Uh, I was showing up late for work, which was completely out of character. Um, I was calling out of work, which was also out of character. Um, there were, there was a lot like you name in the symptom and I had it 100%. And so I think, all of that combined um, into this particular day at this particular meeting that I talked about, it was yeah. just like literally someone came down with a flashing red light and it was like all of this information, all of these symptoms, all of the, all of the factors hit me all at once. And it wasn't until that moment when I realized like you're done, this is it. Something's got to change and it, it, it wasn't a gradual progression that I knew about that I was aware of it was gradual but it it I wasn't aware of it until that moment and then I was just like yeah I'm out <laughs> I'm, I'm out <laughs> so you, you know that that day happened you realized you were going to resign you went what do you feel like on the next day relief relief um there was a whirlwind of emotions. I don't want to make it sound simple. I don't want to make right. it sound like over. And of course, we all, I, th I think we know now it, it isn't, of course. Right. Um, I don't want to make it sound like overnight all my problems were solved as a result of this resignation letter. That's not how it happened. Um, in the meeting, I decide I'm I'm resigning. I looked up at my boss and I said, I'm done. I don't think he believed me. <laughs> I think he thought I was kidding because I was that employee. I was the employee that, you know, a lot of, of my bosses relied on and I got things done. And I don't think it was until I printed my resignation letter in front of him that I had written six months prior and took it to my other boss's office until he was like, oh, you're not kidding. Right. And so. Um, I don't know. That, that's just that's just how it happened. Yeah. So, spoiler alert for everybody listening, of course, we know that Amanda is back in EMS and she's working uh, in, in Wilmington and New Hanover, so there's a gap we have to fill in here. And uh, as I said at the start, uh, you went on a journey, and so, uh, you know, <clears throat> the the Appalachian Trail is uh, a, a couple of thousand miles long. Um, it takes uh, months to complete. Um, so, why did you start by, why dis why did you do that? And, and how long after you resigned did you, you know, literally start planning and then taking the journey? Um, short answer, I don't remember. But I do know that my resignation letter, as I said, was typed, you know, at least six, eight months before yeah. I actually <clears throat> turned it in. So somewhere between having that letter and then actually submitting it, I had already started planning. Um, it was just a, let's, okay, I'll plan this and just see how things go at work. Cause I had asked for help at work a couple times. Um, and you know, nothing really changed. 
And so I think once I realized that nothing was going to change and nothing was probably ever going to change as long as I was there, um, I had given up on that situation. So um, I would say about maybe six months. I resigned in November and I took off in February. So four months. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, but I, like I said, I'd already started planning before then. I started planning before I resigned. So I just didn't tell anyone because I didn't know it was going to happen, obviously. I, I'm a hiker geek, but uh, tell everybody what the Appalachian Trail is and, and, and what what uh, what it takes to actually just get to the start point. Okay, so um, it did not come without sacrifice. And I want to make that um, – I want to make that clear because a lot of people think that, you know, just because I'm young and single and I don't have any children that, oh, I can just take off and do this, but that's not at all – um, accurate. Um, so I had to sell my house. I owned my house. I had bought it when I was about, I don't know, 25, 26. Um, I sold it, everything in it that I did not want. I either gave away or sold. And then the remaining, like the furniture I put in a storage unit. <clears throat> and then, um, finances. So, you know, it was the perfect time to sell my house, obviously, with the housing market the way it was. Um, I lived in Calabash, North Carolina, um, pretty close to the water. And so um, I did profit off of selling my house. I paid off my truck, which was the only debt that I had. Um, and I am a firm believer in not having any debt. And people are people always say, well, you don't have any kids. You don't have to worry about debt. Well, Again, sacrifice. Like I make a lot of choices financially that keep me out of debt that anybody can do. And I and I think there's probably a whole podcast in that one too because yeah. uh, you know, that, that right. so you know, the, the young <clears throat> the young and the single sometimes now have to have all the the smart shiny fancy stuff with mm -hmm. perhaps without the income to support it. And so maybe we can come back on that one for an, for another day. <laughs> yeah, I love talking about finances. Um, but anyway, so when I sold my house, I paid off my truck. I'm debt free. Right. So um, my plan was to keep enough money to pay for my grad school tuition and again, stay out of, stay out of debt and pay cash for it. And then the rest was like, I'm going on a six month vacation. <laughs> but you I and mean, I know there are vacations and then there's this. Vacation, right. right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you, you've you've got a position now where you can you can start walking. And right. uh, so, but tell us, I mean, how long is the trail? How long does it usually take? Um, what are the sort of, you know, what is the logistics just to get this, something like this done? Um, so I had started hiking with a good friend of mine, um, caretaker, and that's his trail name. And so we had started hiking. Uh, he took me along mm -hmm. with him in 2018 on some section hikes. So that's how I got started in hiking. I done about 250 miles total of various section hikes, um, ranging from Georgia to Northern Virginia, West Virginia, and Maryland were the areas that I'd hiked a little bit of Pennsylvania. And so, um, I had kind of known when I was getting, I kind of knew what I was getting myself into, but I, I knew physically, I didn't know mentally two separate things when you're when you're through hiking the physical in the middle um so the Appalachian Trail is uh last year it was 2,194 miles I believe um it's a little bit longer this year they change it every year and it goes from Georgia all the way up to Maine and so um all the preparation work and everything came obviously before I was dropped off in Georgia with just me and my backpack and my dad dropping me off and by myself. So, so it's 2000 and some miles, uh, but it's not flat. And so how much height do you actually gain over that time? And therefore how much height do you lose over that time? They say it's the equivalent of hiking up Mount Everest 14 times. Um, the highest peak is I think uh, Clingman's dome in the North Carolina, Tennessee area in the Smokies. And it's, uh, 62, 6,300 feet, um, compared to the PCT. It's really not that much. Right. Um, but the lowest point on the AT, I think is 200 feet above sea level. 
and I'm used to living at sea level. <laughs> so it was a, it was a huge adjustment. Um, and then there's some areas that literally go straight up and you're hand over foot climbing. And then there's some areas where you're just walking on the road. So, so no mean feet. And so you, you start off, your house is now on your back. Um, and you have to worry about how much you're holding because for 2000 miles, it's going to be unforgiving. And so, you know, what, what, what's, what's in your back? What's, what's in your pack? What are you carrying with you? Um, so I carried a tent, a sleeping pad, a sleeping bag, a sleeping bag liner, um, a pair of sleeping clothes, a pair of hiking clothes, a rain jacket, a puffy jacket, um, three pairs of socks total, including the ones I was wearing, um, a pair of camp shoes, which were Crocs, I admit, um, food, a water filter, a headlamp, a char a charging bank for my phone, um, headphones, a journal, a knife, and a cooking pot. So if you're listening out there, could you spend months living with that? Um, you know, if you're if you're if you're a military guy, you probably go, oh yeah, been there, done that. But uh, um, so th that uh, and that's it. And uh, maybe we can talk about the journal in a minute. But uh, before we do, uh, just remember that uh, if you like uh, what you hear and uh, even what you see, please take a moment to uh, like and subscribe on the channel that you're watching to us on. Uh, if you are on uh, Apple Podcasts, the top right hand corner, there's a little plus sign. If you Check that plus sign. It means you're subscribing. And so every time we have an edition of EMS One Stop come along, it will notify you that we're here on your airwaves. Uh, so please do that and uh, rate and review us on the platform that you're listening to us on, please. Um, I'm here with Amanda King. We're talking about uh, her journey, uh, both uh, probably spiritual, definitely physically. And so you arrived on the Appalachian Trail. You've started hiking. We've established the kit and equipment that uh, you went through. You're there because you're very burnt out. So in addition to the distance, how did this aid, you know, you and recovering and recharging and regenerating? That's a loaded question. We only do loaded questions. Actually, this is, I said this last week as well. Well, oh, there's a loaded question. Yeah, because obviously what we want to do is yeah. to explore, explore your journey and uh, understand, you know, what, what it meant to you. Um, I think that, you know, when you walk over 2,000 miles over a span of seven months, um, there's a lot going on, like, in your mind, obviously. Because, yeah. you know, even when you're listening to music, you know, you're thinking that's really all you have. And actually I would argue that that's why a lot of people quit their through hike is because they can't handle the mental side of it. Right. You know, some people quit because they run out of money. Some people quit because they're injured. A lot of people quit because of the mental um, aspects of it. So I, I would do little things uh, here and there to try to occupy my mind. Um, I would, picture the drug box on the ambulance and I'd go through my drug dosages and um things like that I'd try to count my half a bit backwards <clears throat> I got to like W a couple times and gave up on that <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so I would think about things that I hadn't thought about in 20-25 years uh and it would be it would hit me and I'd be like wow where did that come from? And you have to be prepared for that. Um, and it's just you in the woods, you know, most of the time I hike by myself. And so um, occasionally some things would come up in my mind that I hadn't really had time to process. And it would be like, oh, we're doing this today. We're processing this today. Right. Um, an example I can think of would be, um, well, there's two, uh, my dog dying. So my dog died in, I think, 2018. And I went to work the next day, pretending like nothing was happening. Um, and I'd had my dog since I was 18 years old. So uh, that hit me 
pretty rough, but I tried to ignore it and just tried to go on about my way or whatever. And so when I was in the middle of the woods in New Hampshire, it hit me and I cried for two hours probably. And, um, and that's just, you know, that's just one example of, you know, kind of burying all that, all those mm. things and, then, you know, they coming out when you least expect them. And actually, it's the second time I think you referred to this, but uh, you know, the bottling up, the going to work, going to work the next day as if nothing's happening, it's all storing up in your stress database that eventually leads you to a point where, you know, you can't cope. Where you know, you 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 did the thing for you, which was to resign. You know, some others get to the point where you know it it all ends literally, and so you know there, there, there's perhaps a takeaway there that you know if you if you have these if you have these thoughts and you're storing this up, you need to find a way to release it and to tell somebody to get assistance, and and it's not, it's okay to ask for help. I mean, that's the key that uh, we are we are we're, we're dealing with. Um, yeah, and I more- don't. Sorry, do go on. I don't want to make it sound like it was a hundred percent work that was the like the mitigating factor in my resignation. Um, I think that there were because I was so busy at work and stressed out and burned out because of the job, because mm-hmm. of all those things, a lot of these other things started to surface that I had buried long before I got into EMS. And that's not, you know, anyone's fault. That's not employer's fault or the job's fault. That's just life, you know? And so I think once I got to that part point where I realized something was wrong, it was time to, to fix it and, you know, come to face to face with it. You know, I think a lot of things happen in life where we put them in a file, we label the file, do not open. And we put it in a file cabinet in our minds Right. And so I think, um, you know, we don't know when exactly our mind's going to say, no, today's the day you're opening that file. And so that's that that, that's a remarkable comment. Um, So we're on the trail now. There are people that are there to help you along the way. And sometimes you don't expect them. And uh, these people, uh, for those that aren't uh, in, in in the lingo, are trail angels. And what's a trail angel? What do they do? Uh, a trail angel is someone who comes out to the trail. Um, they don't even really have to come out to the trail, but they help hikers um, most of the time through hikers just out of the goodness of their heart. Um, they don't ask for anything in return. They don't ask for money or anything like that. They just do it just to help you succeed and get to point from point A to point B. And so that they will come out and provide, you know, so, and I've seen them on the piece on the Pacific Crest Trail. They'll come out and set up a hot dog grill out, cook out on for, for people coming through or leave bottles yeah. of water or extra, you know, fruit or something. And so, and, and they really help you along. And I, and I think the reason for asking this question, of course, is, you know, if, if you're on, if you're in the corner office or you're in the soups on the soups truck now, you know, think about being the trail angel. Think about how you can help your crews. You had some notable and memorable, memorable ones though, right, Amanda? I did. Yeah. I had trail angels all up and down the AT from Georgia all the way to Maine. Um, some would offer coffee, some trash bags, which sounds simple, but it's great to get rid of your trash after being out there for a few days. Um, some would offer rides to town, someone offer their living rooms for us, uh, so we could sleep indoors, all kinds of, uh, offerings that they would, they would give us. And then I had people from home that would send me iced coffee and Gatorade packets and, propel packets and stuff like that. So that was awesome too. Um, but there were two trail angels, trail angels in particular, um, that I came across in Maine. Uh, one of them, her name was, her trail name was Monarch and I met her in Georgia where she was doing trail magic in Georgia. And I'd started before her. Oh, stop you there. So we've had trail angels and now we've got trail magic. What's trail magic? Oh, so trail magic is the product of a trail angel so um the trail magic is the object that they're giving you so if a trail angel offers their living room their trail magic is the living room um and so with monarch she was at a trailhead in georgia giving trail magic which at the time was like biscuits and coffee and stuff like that and then she was starting her through hike a month later i think something like that so anyway i saw her again in maine um 14 states later and 
she saw in my Facebook post where I had both a sinus infection and an, and an injured tailbone because I fell on my butt. Oof. <laughs> yeah. In uh, Mahusik Notch, which is the most difficult mile of the entire AT. And so she saw my Facebook post and she sent me a message and she said, I'm on Roy. And there was no arguing for me. She literally met me at the trailhead the next day, picked me up, took me to a uh, cabin and then did what we call slack pack me for uh i think two or three days which is a day which is slack packing is when you hike without all of your weight you only take what you need for that day and on an injured tailbone that's exactly what i needed to complete my hike wow so translating supervisors leaders uh you know you're the angels what magic are you delivering today to the folks on the ground think about that one that's a takeaway right so uh, that we want, we want to, we want to pass that one on. Um, let's, talk, let's talk about trail names. In EMS, everyone gets a nickname, right? Uh, there, there are your trail names are given to you by other people based on something oh that you do or so something they me. observe. So, uh, what so was your trail me. name? <laughs> Go on. There's only the two of us on here. So my trail name was Moss, M O S S, and, and I. How'd you get it? accumulated my trail name or acquired my trail name um in the most traditional way possible so me and two girls were hiking together in georgia this is day two of my through hike i started on the 23rd of february this is uh, february 25th right so um i tell the girls i'm like i really have to pee but, you know, we're on a switchback. So when you're female and on a switchback, there's really no good place to go. Um, so I went ahead of the trail and I got behind a tree um, on the side of the mountain and I, I pulled my britches down and then I peed and then I pulled my britches back up. And when I pulled my britches back up, something was not right. <laughs> I didn't know what it was, but there was some there was a feeling in my pants that should not have been there so i walked back to the girls and with a dead straight like traumatized face i said i'm pretty sure there's moss in my yeah yeah (laughs) and so you edit out what you need to but (laughs) um there they wouldn't know there'll be no there'll be no editing in this one this is uh this is (laughs) This is one for everybody. Uh, They wouldn't stop laughing. And so once they did stop laughing, they said, well, that's your trail name. And I said, hoo-ha. And they're like, no, Moss. <laughs> there we go. Moss. So, so from yeah. now on, shall we call you Amanda or call you Moss? What do you, what do you want you to be addressed as? Either one. I answered either one. <laughs> um, uh, so... Uh, th- thank you for telling us that and for sharing that intimate detail. Uh, this, this is an EMS medical show. We can we can, right. we can, cope, we can cope with that, right? Um, so we talked about trail angels, and uh, um, you, you you said you kept a journal. Um, you know what 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 were you journaling? Um, most of the time it was just simple. It was my beginning knowledge of the day, my ending knowledge of the day, um, the campsites and/or shelters that. I was camping at and then little things here and there that would happen on the trail that I wanted to remember. And then um, occasionally it was just writing about the events that transpired to get me to where I was. So um, in the beginning, I told you, I didn't think that there was anything that anyone could have said to change my mind. And I think that's 90% true, but you know, at the time that I resigned, it was not well-received. So, um, I think as an employer, um, if I was someone's employer, right. And they came to me in the situation that I was in and, um, in the same circumstances and explained what I explained, I think I would have handled it differently. Um, but hindsight's always 2022, right. So, or 2020. So I think in the, in my case, um, you know, my employer was very uh, reliant on me. And I think that when I resigned, they, um, it was a, it was a shock to them. Right. So 
I think that part of my grief and part of my handling um, my emotions while I was out there was dealing with not only how that resignation was received, but how I was treated afterwards and fear of how I would be treated in the future. Um, And I, you know, maybe that's why I went to work for a different service. I don't know. Um, But I think a lot of it was fear. Now, was it a lot, was most of it um, brought upon myself? Did I do that? Absolutely. Mm. 100%. Um, But I think when I carried a journal, I like to write anyways. I'm I'm an English major. So that's just what I do. And All so right. you, you, I'm glad you said that because, of course, yeah. MS1 are always looking for writers, not only you, Amanda, but if you're out there and you have an article in you, uh, get in touch, reach out to us because we'd love to, uh, oh, to, that's publish, cool. to publish. Yes, of course. Uh, that's what yeah, we're here awesome. for. Uh, so, yeah, I carried a journal and um, a lot. I wrote, you know, about hiking, but I also wrote about um, my way of dealing with how, how things got to where I was. So at did that, that help you reflect both when you were Absolutely. and also yeah. now? So I think speaking of the word reflect, I think that part of my hike, that me finally self-reflecting is one of the key takeaways because not only was I able to realize what in that process of resignation was my fault how how I went about that I did give a four-week notice but at the same time there are things that I wish I would have done differently Mm -hmm. um and I think that there are things up until that process of me resigning altogether that I should have done differently would I have had the time to stop and think Amanda what could you do better if I had not have resigned I don't think so. I don't think I would have ever had that time. I don't think right. I ever would have done that. I don't even know that I knew what self-reflection was until I got on the Appalachian Trail and had time to actually think about, well, okay, you're blaming all these people for all of this, but what did you do wrong? What what could you have done better? You know what I mean? Right. And so I think that's something that I took away that, you know, to this day, every time something happens that, you know, is not ideal, I think to myself, okay, what did you, what was your part in this, Amanda? Amanda, what was, what was your role in this? What would you have done differently? It's huge. It's a big, that's, it's a big deal. That's sound advice as well. We're, we're actually blocking up some, some, some amazing takeaways here. Um, taking a break actually is, is, is another part of your, your trail experience and, and again uh, for those that uh, are in with the, the sort of lingo you'll walk for so often and then you need to stop and it's called taking a zero and uh, so uh, you know how, how did you achieve that what, what did you do on the days where you weren't walking I love zeros <laughs> <laughs> we all love I think we all love that's zeros it's fair to say <laughs> that's what took me seven and a half months compared to the average of six because I just I'm really good at zeroing <laughs> And when I was really good at something, why would I not want to do it? Um, right. So I will say that I might not should say this, but I guess you can take it out if you need to. But I went to 13 breweries um, on the, along the trail. I actually. This is EMS only 13? Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, um, I just have a taste for craft beer. I can't help it. So. Uh, 13 different breweries and every time we'd come across one that we had heard um, good things about we'd purposefully plan our zeros around that and then chances are we'd need the next day <laughs> uh, as a zero as well and so <clears throat> in addition to breweries well we you know do- what failing to plan is planning to fail so good right. for you exactly and that was like the only thing we planned <laughs> <laughs> No, Everything come on, come on. You walked thousands of miles. There's a bit more planning, but do go on. I really didn't want to. That was like the whole purpose. You know, at home and at work, I, w- I was living by a deadline. That I was huge advocate for deadlines because that's how I got things done. And then when I got yeah. out there, I was like, yeah, I don't care. I got food <laughs> in my backpack. We're just going to wing it. Like, that's just how uh, I did things a lot of the times. And it all it almost always worked out. Every time. And most of the time on the trail, it works out better than you think it's going to work out. And, and and that zero left you possibly hungover, but certainly refreshed, right? Yeah. So the hang- hangover thing only happened like twice, to okay. be fair. 
Good. Yeah. Uh, but we did, we did town chores. So yeah. we go in, we do our laundry, we'd wash our clothes, uh, we'd shower, uh, we'd get some actual food involving meat. Uh, we couldn't get a whole lot of meat while we were out on trail yeah. for obvious reasons. Um, and then we'd clean our equipment, dry our tents out if they were wet. Yeah. Um, just the typical town chores, shave my legs. Yeah. That was right. a must. Now, 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 for those naysayers, we go, oh, yeah, but she could take six months off to do this. Of course, what I want to do is say that, you know, you know, every circumstance is different. But to translate a zero back to if you're in, in a work-life balance, the zero is when you're not on shift. So, you know, what would you suggest <clears> to people that when they finish their shift and they have a couple of days off, what's the best way to spend um, it? I think my biggest regret is uh, this very simple word. It's two letters long, and it's the word no. Don't be afraid to say no. Like, take time for yourself because you are the most important person. Um, you know, if you're not happy and if you're not safe, then, you know, how can you expect to keep other people happy and safe? So um, I think that's the biggest thing is, you know, don't work so much overtime. Um, don't inconvenience yourself to do all of these things that's asked of you and you know in return you're not taking care of yourself so um one thing that i decided if i got back into ems is i would actually use my my vacation time so i'll put it to you this way when i was at the former employer um i took a vacation probably I don't know, just to throw a number out of there, maybe twice in six years or something like that, like an actual vacation. And I've already taken two vacation, two week long uh, vacations since I started here at Novant um, since November. So that's a huge difference. Right. And um, so my advice would be to say no, if you don't really want to, if you don't have the energy, if you need sleep, if you need a, a break, whatever, just don't be afraid to, to stand up for yourself and say no. Um, and then to take your PDO when you can, like, there's no, you don't have to go on some elaborate vacation or cruise or, um, or whatever in order to use your vacation days. Um, sometimes just rest is exactly what the body needs. Great. Those are, those are amazing words. And and, and again, I, I knew this was going to be chock full of takeaways, not only from your experience can actually be translated into life. Um, now, hopefully we're going to talk about elation next because there comes a point where you finish, you finish the trail. What was that day like for you? Um, so I like hiking alone. I did it. Um, I hiked majority of the trail alone by choice because I like being by myself. Um, and when I got to the end, I had been hiking with three other people, I think, for the days up leading up to the final summit. And we got lost the night before like i got separated from them somehow the night before um i had slower than all three of them so i took off from the spot we were taking a break at before they did um so that they wouldn't have to wait on me i ended up at the campsite and they didn't oh boy <laughs> yeah which surprised me because in baxter state park you're not allowed to camp unless you're at a designated campsite so my prediction is that they did what we call stealth camp um, and they did a really good job because I didn't know where they were. Uh, so <clears throat> the day that I summited the final mountain, I was by myself, which, you know, it was basically poetry because I started the first mile of the Appalachian Trail by myself. So it would make sense that I finished by myself. Um, and so I, it was probably 30, 40 degrees that day. It was windy. Um, Mount Katahdin is an animal of a mountain i mean it's over six thousand feet tall um it's completely exposed to rain uh once you break the tree line and you know we're talking several miles of hiking once you're above the tree line so it was just you're literally walking through the clouds i think i sent you a video um of that day so anyway once i got to the sign i didn't cry um i didn't feel really any kind of emotion it was just maybe numbness maybe it hadn't hit me yet i'm not really sure um i facetimed my mom and my dad and i let them see uh where i was and i told them that i was finished and 
my mom screamed. <laughs> <laughs> um, I <clears throat> called my best friend and she didn't answer, which is hilarious because that's just how we are. Um, but I sent her a text, told her I'd finished. Um, and then after that, it was so cold that I just started my way down. And then the climb down is almost as difficult as the climb up. Uh, and then once I got to the bottom, I found a tree. I laid out my foam mat and I laid under this tree and it was just like, I did it. But I can't believe I did it, but I did it. <laughs> And then we have the what happens next because you've you've done this. It's over. Um, you have nothing but memories. And so, at that point, was there a reflective moment of I needed that? And then you start thinking about well, what do I do next? Is there was there a reflective period of uh, at the conclusion of that? I don't think so. To be honest, I really don't. Um... I think I'm still sorting through that mm -hmm. aspect of it. Um, I knew that coming back into EMS, I was going to mm -hmm. use these techniques that I learned on trail to help me assimilate back into EMS. I knew that um, the mental aspect of the trail was going to help me not only get it back into EMS, but in life. Um, and so I think I'm still trying to organize all of that in yeah. my mind. Um. But it didn't, I'll be a hundred, if I'm being a hundred percent honest, and this is probably going to surprise some people. It wasn't until, um, I believe his name is, uh, James Careless. He wrote the EMS yep. article. Yep. About, James, yeah. James, James free, is a freelance writer and, uh, we've, we've certainly worked with James before and, uh, right. and actually to, to, to give James some props, it was reading James's story that made me realize that you know immediately and again because i guess i'm you know that that hill walker there's so many takeaways from just james's story so thank you james for writing that story because i realized that you you know can i say amanda you need to be keynoting on this around the ems world actually because the takeaways really that's a pretty powerful statement and well folk if you're if you're listening and watching this uh i do you agree with me i think there's an inspiration story here of the, the, the situation that led to your resigning, the, the 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 life on the trail, some of the takeaways that I've just tried to try to sort of you know ex, to bring out, um, and and I think there's a story to be told here, and I really think you should be keynoting this. Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate your comments, and I appreciate you having me here. I haven't thanked you yet, and I apologize. No, so, no, 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 no none, none, none needed. It's a great story. Thank you for having so, me. Let, let's let's just get on to the sort of bring it bring it to full circle so you're now back into ems and so right. how, how easy was that decision or was it gonna happen um, <clears throat> well the reflection part of it honest to god i never connected the dots and i know that sounds so silly um but like we said you know I'd like to think of myself as a pretty um, intelligent person most of the time, right? Um, I mean, I've got a sink in my bathroom that I don't really know how to fix, but eventually I'm going to figure it out, right? But I think that it wasn't until I read um, James's article where I was like, <clears throat> holy moly, he's right. He's right. Like his his title of the article, um, I think it was something like "Paramedic Conquers Burnout Through Hiking the Appalachian Trail." And then I took the, that sentence and I was like, "Conquers Burnout," and I put that together, "Conquers Burnout," and I'm like, "I don't. Is it true? Did I? You know what well, I mean? Did you? Like, that, that, let's ask the question. Did you? I think that." I just think there's a lot going on and mm -hmm. that, that question. I don't know. I don't want to say that I did and then go back to work and someone be like, absolutely not. You know, she's awful to work with. <laughs> um, but I do believe that I had some, I think it's an ongoing process. That's right. my answer. Okay. That's my answer. Short answer. And, and, it's is, and it's allowed to be, by the way. I mean, it's not, you know, this is okay. 
that makes me feel better because I don't want to say yes. Like a seven month hike in the woods cured all my problems because that's not at all the case. I think that it's an ongoing process that, you know, once you reach that point of burnout, it's number one up to you. It's not up to anybody else to help you. It's up to you to help you. And you have to want that change. And I think that it's an everyday thing. Every day I need to do things that keep me on that path of not going back down that road again. Right. Um, so I hope that I hope that answers your question. It, 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 it does. And I'm sure folk who are listening can, can relate to that. And uh, so now you're back in Wilmington. You're at uh, Novant, uh, New Hanover. And uh, what what are you what are you doing there now? What what uh, are you a medic on the truck? What, what's yes. your role? Yeah, I'm a I'm a paramedic on the nine one one ambulance. Absolutely. And and and, and how has <clears throat> that experience helped you? You know, what what's if if someone in someone like me, and I'm about to ask this, what's the one biggest takeaway from your experience on the trail that you can apply when you start working a few hours on the on 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 the next shift? Way too many. Okay, uh, give me way too yeah. many. That's a good too. Uh, yeah, so there's too many. Um, the ones that stick out the most to me, um, I would say, are patients. So that was something I did not possess uh, before I resigned from my other job, and I think that was a, that was literally a symptom of the burnout where I was at. I had no patience whatsoever, um, and it showed. It showed to my to my partner. Um, it showed to um, family members that I would counter on a call. Um, and I hate to admit all that. It's embarrassing, but that's where I was. That was the point where I was at. Um, <clears throat> and so I think now after all that time off and all that time to self-reflect and everything, I think I'm more patient because I believe that I'm more empathetic, which is also something that I can't say that I possessed before I left. Um, right up until the point where I left. So I think that hearing all of these different hikers stories and hearing their backgrounds and their cultures and their, even their political views, um, all of these different things kind of opened my eyes to a, a world that, you know, sure, you encounter people like this in EMS, but you're only with them for a very short amount of time. And so when you're on trail with them, no one's keeping a clock and, telling you that you've got to go in a certain amount of time. So you have all the time in the world to talk to them if, if they have the time. And so I learned a lot about other people and other backgrounds and other cultures, and it made me more empathetic. Um, and it made me understand that. And uh, this is another key takeaway that I've literally just came across. Sometimes when things happen, like my resignation, for example, or anything, it's not just what's going on in that moment that matters it's the baggage we bring to that moment so me coming to my bosses and resigning I had all of this baggage with me that they they didn't know about I didn't tell them I didn't feel comfortable enough to tell them and I should have that was one of my regrets and then they coming to my resignation with all of their baggage like what are we going to do you know, she does a lot for us kind of thing. So I think that perception of that moment is different for each person in that moment. And that's just an example that could be applied to anyone in any situation. But the key takeaway is the empathy and the self-reflection out of that. So now, as a result of walking for a really long time, I'm able to see their side of things, whereas before I didn't. Um And then I'm also able to understand, okay, I was just as much at fault for allowing this burnout to happen. Um, It, I'm guilty of that. And so now I'm able to make these adjustments to make sure that I don't get in that position again. So I guess final question. So, you know, you've literally, as I keep saying, you've been on this journey. If you see other folk with you at work now, uh, you know, heading towards what could be a breakdown, heading towards a crisis, what advice do you give them or will you give them? Um, I would definitely say that um, I know it's cliche, but they're not alone. I mean, this happens. It's very <clears throat> prominent in, in EMS and public safety in general. Right. So I would, 
definitely make sure that you're they're aware that they are not alone in this. They they're not the first person that go through this. They're not going to be the last person that go through this. And they definitely need to reach out and contact the um their organization's EAP if they have it, um if that's an option. And um even if not, <clears throat> then you know, hopefully they can get situated with some sort of uh, therapist through their primary care physician. And, you know, maybe that's an option. And I think therapy, although I don't see one, um, I think it's a very underutilized tool. Um, I think that a lot of my patients, you know, they've spoken very highly of it and coworkers have spoken very highly of it. Mm -hmm. Um, so that, and then also, just taking the time off, you know, just because you don't have anywhere to go doesn't mean you can't take the time off. Um, saying no, talking to family and friends, um, and just being aware of, you know, I, you know, I joked about beer earlier, but being aware of, you know, how much you are, you know, drinking and, and all those other hobbies that could lead to something bad or lead to a poor choice and all that and so just just being very you know self-reflecting and and making sure you're holding yourself accountable wonderful well amanda king or moss if i may (laughs) um, that 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 was an amazing telling of your story and and honestly i i think we all need to hear you deliver this on stage because there's so many great takeaways and uh um let's let's get amanda speaking publicly um but how can we follow, will, how can we follow is, is there a facebook page or a youtube channel we can we can catch all of your adventures on or uh is that something uh, we, need to, we need to get you doing <laughs> uh not really um i'll be at the ems world conference in new orleans presenting this topic um it's called mindset over matter and it's uh september 22nd at 1 p.m at the conference great uh, i'll be there uh, too so i'll get a chance to say hello awesome. i hope i get to meet you uh Absolutely. I, do, I do have an instagram um it's called the handle is a hike of one's own a-h-i-k-e-o-f-o-n-e-s-o-w-n i think <laughs> and, well we'll we'll put that if, if we'll put that in the show notes so people can uh, follow you like and subscribe and uh, and keep up with you as well Sound, oh, oh, that sounds great. And I'm also on LinkedIn, so not necessarily YouTube or yeah, anything. We'll, but. We'll, we'll follow you on LinkedIn too. So, Amanda, for the moment, thank you so much indeed. And uh, uh, I'll look, for, I'm going to certainly be in the audience at EMS World Expo to, uh, to listen and cheer you on. Awesome. That sounds good. That's good exciting. <laughs> well, that, that that's it for this EMS One Stop. I've taken so much away from this discussion with Amanda. Don't forget you can follow me on LinkedIn or over on Twitter at UKRobL1. Uh, always active over there. Um, but for the moment, uh, my guest has been Amanda King. I've been Rob Lawrence. Don't forget, hit like and subscribe. And until next time, bye for now. <laughs> <laughs>